see, I can run around feeding and clothing and giving people water and helping the whole across the street. I've seen the Gentiles do that. God says the Gentiles seek after these things to make their self feel good. But what we have to do is to impart the one thing that can break the bondage. Feeding and helping those who are in need is a necessary part of our Christian walk. However, it is imperative that we share the good news of the gospel in addition to meeting their physical needs. A personal relationship with Jesus Christ will ensure that they will neither hunger nor thirst no more. Come let's join Minister Duncanson as he explains. Scripture is coming from John chapter 15, verse 13. John chapter 15, verse 13. And it says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Greater love than no one. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friend. Greater love has no one than this. Um, before I even understood what that meant, my trust in the Lord was knowing my knowing that God can do all things. And that's what allowed me to share God with my wife because um, if I would go a little into our testimony, she was at a point in her life where she was drowning. And it had to be been a divine appointment, just like you're here right now, for the Holy Spirit to come upon me, who was a backslidden Christian. I was a Christian, but living in the world. But God's Spirit said to me to have compassion and tell her about the source of my strength. Even in the world, God was still my strength. I struggled to obey God, but I knew he was my strength. And I shared that with her, but she came all the way from Alaska to the Bahamas. So I'm telling you, when God, when God bring you to a place, it ain't by chance that you're here. It ain't by chance, amen. So John chapter 15, we're going to be focusing on verse 13, which says, Greater love ha has no man than this, than to lay down his life for a friend. But the whole of John chapter 15, from 13 on, it's an intimate setting. John chapter 15 is an intimate setting. This is the Last Supper. This is the Last Supper where Jesus is telling the disciples, I'm about to leave you. I'm about to lay down my life. I'm about to lay down my life for y'all. So this setting is so intimate because he is, he is comforting them. He's comforting them and reassuring them that even though I'm leaving, you're not alone. And he uses this um, tree, a tree analogy, a vine. He says, I am the vine. You are the branch. The branch can do nothing without the vine. So he uses this to teach him this, this oneness, this unity, this, this abiding, you know, this, this, this relationship that he have with them. He says, the tree can do nothing without the branch. And when the two come together, they bear this fruit. He's showing you this relationship he have with you that I can't do without you. 
and you can't without me, so I'm not leaving you. I want you to be encouraged, to be confident that even though I'm going, I'm still going to be here with you. And he goes on, and when by the time as he reached to verse 13 of John chapter 15, he says, greater love has no man in this than to lay down his life for a friend. So he's showing them that in this abiding this unity this oneness this relationship we have the greatest manifestation of it the greatest evidence of it is when one lay down his life for a friend amen so my topic today is have you laid down your life for a friend yet have you laid your life down for a friend amen Question, what does that look like? What does that look like, laying down your life for a friend? If I feed someone who is in desperate need, did I lay my life down? How do I know when my life was laid down for a friend? If a person is in dire need of water, and I give them water, did I lay my life down? Because we want to know, we want to know God's truth that we're walking according to this relationship with him. He says, no greater love has any man than this than to lay down his life for a friend. If we don't understand how to lay down our life for a friend, we may not be doing it as well as we may be doing it. But if we know it, we can continue to do it. Amen? So if a person in need of clothes, and I take care of that need, did I lay my life down for him? Maybe I do the three one time, I feed him, clothe him, give him water. Did I lay my life down for him? Amen. If I take care of these needs, these needs, are these just good deeds? Can, can anybody just do this? I mean... We're talking about an intimate relationship with God. If we're going to lay our life down and take care of these deeds, and someone who don't have this relationship with God can do this, then maybe we're not laying our life down. Because the whole point of laying our life down, it's supposed to man manifest or show, bear witness to the relationship that we have with God. Amen? Amen. Amen really means unto the glory of God. So if you agree and you can say amen. <laughs> amen. I believe at one point in time in all of our lives, we have went out of our way for somebody. We have gone above and beyond. Does that mean we laid our life down? I'm reminded of Peter. Jesus was telling Peter, you know, Peter was all Peter was that disciple who was quick to act on the first thing that Jesus came out of Jesus' mouth. I mean, he maybe no thought into it. He just, I'm up front. And Jesus was 
Letting his disciples know, this is right over in um, John 13, right around this intimate time where we're at right now. He was letting them know that he was leaving. And Peter says, Lord, I want to go. And Jesus says, where I'm going, you can't come. And Peter says, I would lay my life down for you. This is Peter. I would lay my life down for you. And... Peter, out of his zeal, I believe that just like Peter, our intentions is good. Our intentions is good, but sometimes we misunderstand what God is asking us to do. Because here is Peter in his boldness when Christ saying that I have to go. He wants to take his place when it was Christ who was laying down his life for him. But you know what? His, 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 intentions was, his intentions was probably straight out of his heart. You know, Lord, I love you, and I'm going to do this for you. And so what we, wanna, we, we truly want to understand what it means today to lay our life down, to make sure that we're not jumping in front of the Lord doing what he's supposed to do. Amen? I want to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 6, chapter 6, we are at chapter 6, verses 31 and 33, I'm just going to read. The things that, before I get into that, the things we do for people, feed them, clothe them, give them water, is the basic needs a person has. I just want you to know that these things here, I mean, if we were going to attempt to lay our life down for a person, these are the things we would be meeting in a person's life. But I think we missed one point one thing, that laying down our life for a person means that I, that person should live. Now, when we're taking care of these needs, we have this obvious, obvious image or appearance that if I feed you, I'm allowing you to live. If I clothe you, I'm assisting in your living. So I just want to make sure that we understand that these needs are, these needs are essential because if we, if we function in a carnal mind like Peter, a carnal mind has enmity with God. Enmity means to, enmity means to actively oppose or to be hostile to. Empathy means it's fighting against what God is doing. The carnal mind has empathy with God. It always thinks on those things below and not above. See, when God was speaking to Peter, Peter in his carnal mind saying, I'm going to do it because I hear what you say to do. But his mind was on things below. I wanted to bring that point out because I'm going to share with you 
how the carnal mind works with the word of God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 to 33. Therefore, this is Jesus saying, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, meaning the world seeks. For your heavenly Father knows that you have these needs, that you have need of these things. But he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things would be added unto you. This is how God, remember, as Christ says, so are we. This is how God addresses lack in a person's life. He says, be reconciled to me, and all of these things would be added. Be reconciled to me and all these things to be added. See, God knows where your lack is coming from. <laughs> your lack isn't physical because you can see it. It's manifesting from a greater lack. So he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things would be added. Now, I know we're thinking, we, we're thinking, well, well, brother, if you tell a person be well and you don't take care of their need, then fate is dead without works. If you look at that scripture really closely, and it's over in James chapter 2 and 15, it says this, if you tell a person to do well and you don't take care of that thing which is needed for the body, then you haven't done anything. He says if you don't take care of that thing which is needed for the body, a lack in a person's life isn't because the substance that you can see, but it is from what you don't see. That's why God can says, if you seek me first, the kingdom and his righteousness, this lack will be taken care of. David says this in Psalms 37 and 25. I've been young, I've been old, and I've never seen the righteous, that's God's children, hungry, forsaken, or begging bread. See, God is telling you that he himself takes care of his children. God, this is what he's saying. He says, it's my job. See, Peter, it ain't your job to die for me. It ain't your job to feed my children. It's my job. That's why I can tell you, seek me first. And when you come underneath my house, I will take, I will take care of it in your life. Your lack is because you're without me. Let's face it. The kingdom you under manifests itself in decay. Don't care how it looks. You can be under the kingdom of darkness and look successful because you have everything in the world and still commit suicide because death cannot manifest life. Excuse me, death cannot. And this is what God is saying. If you get life in your life, if you seek first the kingdom, that area that is lacking, 
will not be there because in that lack, life will produce. Because this is what, this is what God does. He says, in that area, I'm going to show up and there will be life. I say all of that because... We tend to do God's job. We tend to do God's job in laying down our life. Let me um, paint a picture here. Shoot, come here. Come here, Jim. Shirley, let me use you for a second. Come here. Let's have Jude stand right here. I want to show you how God's job look. You stand by this speaker right here. Shirley, you stand right here. And you two just walk to this spot. Walk to this spot and turn around and keep walking. Don't back up to each other. Just keep walking. Come right here. Turn around. Turn around. Go back. Keep walking. Keep walking. I'm going to show you something. This is the story of the Good Samaritan. This is the Levite and the priest. They're Christians. This is the guy right here that was beaten, robbed, left for dead. This is what the enemy does to us. Now, if one of them stop and give him food, Give him food to eat. If he was sitting here just hungry because he's a sinner and they gave him food, did they really feed him? You see what I'm saying? Did they really feed him? Because his, his lack in his life is not from the substance that you can give him. That's what I'm asking you if you're laying down your life for the Lord. Now stop right here. You stop right here. Come right here. I want you to see this. If you can see this spiritually, there are two things. His lack is from what have him bound. What you don't see is the enemy holding him down and his spirit reaching out to the light that these two have. These two Christians that's walking by, they have the light, the word of God. He is bound, beaten, and in prison, even though he's standing here. So to give him food and clothes and not share the word of God for him, you did him a disservice. It's just like you walk on the other side of the road. That's why I'm asking you, have you laid down your life for the Lord? Because is his name more important than your name? This is what I'm asking you. This man here, look at this man. He appeared to be all right. He may not appear to be all right, but his bondage is coming from a spiritual bondage because the kingdom of darkness have him bound. Where did it manifest through bruises or whatever? The kingdom of darkness have him bound. And we as believers have that light that can lead him out, that we can invite God into his life. So I'm asking you, thank you. Thank you, you guys can have a seat. I'm asking you, let's give them a hand. Thank God for the children. Father, may you increase their efforts in Jesus' name. So I'm asking you, have you laid down your life for a friend yet? Oh, okay. Let me ask this question. By show of hands. 
If you die today, where are you going? By show of hands, who's going to heaven if they die today? Hallelujah. You're going to heaven. Hallelujah. See, what do we do in church? We are heaven bound. We are heaven bound. You know, it's one thing to run around and feed somebody and clothe a person. But if you don't take the one thing that can free them with you, this is feeding and clothing is good. Use that as a means to get on the side of a person, to share God with them. Because if we ain't sharing God, maybe we haven't laid our life down for him yet. Maybe we haven't. If we're heaven bound, how come we're not excited about where we're headed? We have to really embrace who God is in our life. I'm telling you, man, we're under the kingdom of light. Death may show, but when life manifests, death will, death will be override because what's in us is going to manifest through us. I'm, this, this, you know, this thing ain't physical. His bondage is only showing you which kingdom that he's under. Because when life show up, the darkness can't comprehend. So I'm asking you, have you laid down your life for the Lord yet? Church, we have to set our minds on things above and not things below. Things below is always carnal. It puts us in, into this Peter mindset that I have to do. See, I can run around feeding and clothing and giving people water and helping the whole across the street. I've seen the Gentiles do that. God says the Gentiles seek after these things to make their self feel good. But what we have to do is to impart the one thing that can break the bondage of the enemy. We have to impart the one thing. 1 Corinthians 6 and 20 says, I've been bought with a price. I'm not even my own. I've been bought with a price. 2 Corinthians says, chapter 4 and 11, he says, I die daily. I die daily. I refuse myself daily. I fight not to do what I want to do daily, that the life of Christ may manifest. You see, a friend laying down his life for a friend, he dies that this friend may live. God is only asking us to do what he's done for us out of the love. This is, this is such a beautiful relationship that he's saying, listen, man, can you hold my name more valuable than your name? You know, Sean, if I slap you, can you just turn the other cheek because I know God is my shield. I know God is my shield, and I know I don't fight against flesh and blood. I mean, can I just be still for a moment to access God that he may show up? Not be dismayed by the death that looks like around me, but knowing that the life is going to show up. I mean, we have to count on this because even when we die, the life in us is going to resurrect us because that's what this life is due. It's going to manifest itself through us. Amen. Romans 12, Romans 12 and 1 says, Paul says through the Holy Ghost says, I beseech you, brethren, 
I beg you, by the mercies of God, present yourself as a living sacrifice. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. You know, when God is going to do something in this earth, he's going to use a vessel that makes himself available to him. When God heard the cries of the Israelite in Egypt, he went to Moses and he says, I've heard the afflictions of my people. I need you to go. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard the affliction of my people. I need you to go. In the garden, when he was talking to Satan, he says, you know, the seed of the woman is going to crush your head. He says, you know what? I'm preparing myself a body to come and set some people free. I'm, pre I'm preparing myself a body. Now you know what happened? That body that housed Christ is seated on the right-hand side of the Father as an advocate for us. That's why you, the church, is called the body of Christ, not the body of Jesus. Because Christ says, I need that body to function here. I need, it ain't what you can do. I don't need you to run around feeding people. It's my job. These people, these people are in greater bondage than the lack that you see. But I need you to take me to them because I want to set them free. See, we have that uh, fish parable, not in the Bible, but in the world. Give a man a fish, feed him to, for a day. Teach him to fish, feed him for life. God wants you to take that thing that would feed him for life. You know, feed them for life. It's okay to have two jobs. It's okay to, 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 to. Pursue, don't get this wrong, to pursue the world. Because going out into the world doesn't mean pursue, but take Christ with you. You can have that two jobs, but you know what? Every place I go, I'm going to say that was an opening, Lord, a divine appointment for you to minister to this person. You know what I mean? That's what laying our life down means. Is his name more important than our name? You know, don't be dismayed by all the doing part. Here's what he says. Unless you abide in me and I in you, you can do nothing. He's not asking you to do He's just asking you to rest. You know, um, Jesus was going over to Mary and Martha's house for dinner. And Martha was busy preparing dinner. And Mary sat down at his feet. Who you think fed him? You know, who you think fed him? The people who we feed... They have a greater need because man should not live off of bread alone, but every word, every word that comes out of the Father's mouth. And we have to walk in that, that what is, that what's going to set people free because we plant these seeds and the Holy Spirit says, I can grow it because you drop it into their hair and I can grow it. And that's where the liberty come for these guys. Amen. We're getting ready to wrap up here. See, when we're asked, 
if we laid our life down for a friend. One friend should come to mind, and our spirit should bear witness. Jesus. Ooh, Jesus. Our spirit should say, yes, I have a friend in Christ. I have a friend in Christ. The life I live is not my own. I'm heaven bound. The only duty I have here on this earth is to shine light in dark places, is to take water in dry places. You know, Isaiah 61 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim liberty to the captive. To proclaim. We have to understand how powerful our speaking is. Our speaking has death and life in it. Amen. Our pressure should be, Lord, use this body. Use this body, Lord. You know, that's where we start off. You know, we receive Jesus into our life just by asking. Let's not stop asking now. That's how we lay our life down. We offer it to the Lord, and we offer it to the Lord, and we offer it to the Lord. Other than that, we're going to think we have control of it, and we're going to allow it to lead us, but we offer it to the Lord. We offer it to the Lord. We don't make no drastic change. We just honestly ask the Lord to use. Use, use me, Lord. Use me for your sake. I'm heaven bound. I'm a, you know, in heaven there was, um, it was a sadness in heaven because none was fine worthy to open the scroll. None but the line of the tribe of Judah, Jesus. And he says, Father, I will go. That's why Jesus says, you know what? Sacrifice and offering, all of this speaking, I don't require. He says, but a body. And I say, here I am. Come on, man. Are we heaven bound or what? You know, this is where we lay our life down. We have to get our mindset on above, knowing that we ain't here for an accident. That person, that, that person who is standing over here, who was in our path, God placed them there. God draw them to you because he want to impart life to them, period. Um, we all, we all in Christ. We're going to fall asleep. We're going to fall asleep one day and leave here. The saddest thing for me is to get to the other side and realize how I could have been used here. You know the story about Lazarus and the rich guy? The rich guy actually went to hell. And in hell, he was saying, Lord, send me back. Send me back because this thing is real. Send me back. Let me just tell my brothers. I'm asking you today if you're willing to lay your life down for a friend. Hallelujah. I'm going to close with this parable. There's a parable in Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Shrewd businessman, they call it. This guy was being 
laid off his job. And he determined to take the boss's goods and distribute them out to the clients. Just mark down, mark off their credit, basically. Just eliminate some of their debts. And the business owner come compliment him for that. Compliment him for his shrewdness. And the parable ends with this statement by Jesus, because this was Jesus teaching his disciples. And this is the NIV version that I really, really like. It says, but hear what the Lord says. Use, use earthly wealth to obtain friends for when it's gone, it will take you into eternity. Let me tell you, there's one who despises you, and then there's one who calls you a friend. But he's a friend because he's three. Your body is earthly wealth to God. It's valuable. He needs you to use that, that you may dwell with him in eternity. That's all I have for you today, and I want to just pray. If you guys just rest on your feet, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. I thank you for all that you've drawn here to hear your word. Father, I believe that the hearts of your people has been prepared by you. Now, Father, we ask you to allow this word to take root. Let this word become a conversation in their heart with you, Father. That they would submit themselves to you, Father, that you may work through them. I pray this, Father, in the name of Jesus, over all under the sound of my voice. And if there's any here that don't have a relationship with God, I welcome you to come and let me touch hands and pray with you. If there's any here that need prayer, come forward and we will touch an agreement. And it shall be done according to his word. If you're comfortable standing right there, then talk to your father. You have a relationship to go into the throne room. You're welcome into the king's presence. If we could have those three kids that came up this morning. I just want to pray over those guys. Shirley, just come right here. You guys just go ahead and pray, and I just want to bless these guys that God places seal upon them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ah, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, these young vassals, Lord, that offer their self for you this morning. With limited understanding, Father, they allow you to paint a picture through them. Yes. That people may see you. So, Father, now reward them with an eternity. An eternity with you, Father. Place your seal upon them, Father. Mark them, Father, that they may be yours in this world. That you may be their shield, Father. Yes. Reveal yourself to them, Father. They may come to know you intimately. Hallelujah. And we pray this, Father, not only for these kids, Father, but the kids of all of the parents in this yes. house. Yes. The kids, Father, that are bound right now, 
We pray, Father, that that parent would walk in you and take life there and believe in the life that would manifest through their kids. We pray, Father, that the parents would know that you saved them to save their household. It's not them alone that you're reaching out to. Give them comfort, Father. Give them that word of wisdom, Father, that they would submit themselves to you, Father, and what you're doing in their life. We pray that, Father, for not only the parents in here, but those who aren't parents, that they may see everybody as they are, whether they're under the kingdom of darkness being bound or set free in you that need to be encouraged to be lifted up. But place that word of wisdom in our mouth, Father, that we may edify you always. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for taking time to listen to this message. Know that God loves and cares for you deeply. You know, we all have struggles in our life, tough times, and much more. But God is about to do great things in your life. Remember the scripture found in Galatians 6 and 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. It's your season for breakthrough. Don't give up. Don't stop. Trust God to bring you through. God bless you. I would like to take a time to thank all listeners of the Lily Kojic Podcast. I pray that you or someone close to you was truly blessed by the messages that we bring to you weekly. As we go forward, we ask that you share the podcast with as many people as possible. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 states, So neither is he that plants anything, neither is he that waters, but God gives the increase. Our goal is to expand this ministry to reach more people with the good news of the gospel. You can help us achieve that goal by supporting us with a donation of any amount. We have a donation button located on our podcast page that allow you to support this ministry. Thank you and God bless.